This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Gas prices are on the rise. Does a fill-up at the gas pump put a big dent in your wallet? You'll want to hear our expert interview for ways to improve your gas mileage. Between your driving habits and buying cheaper fuel and using the right fuel, you could really make a dent in combating high gas prices. Then... If you think childhood bullying has no lasting effects when the victims reach adulthood, the results of a new study may startle you. That group that was both a victim of bullying and bullied other people had the worst long-term outcomes. About 10 times higher risk of having suicidal thoughts and behavior in adulthood. Those two stories, and much more, are heading your way on this week's edition of InfoTrack. Stick around. Our show gets underway right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. Drivers, listen up. There are proven ways to squeeze more miles out of every costly gallon of gas, and quite a few myths, too. Separating the fact from the fiction, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Phil Reed is the Senior Consumer Advice Editor at Edmunds.com, a website that endeavors to educate automotive consumers. Phil, welcome to InfoTrack. Good to be with you. Thank you. So, Phil, there's plenty of advice out there on how to improve your gas mileage, some of it good and some of it complete baloney. But let's talk about some of the gas myths that Edmunds recently spotlighted. The first myth, your fuel economy gauge should be your guide. Well, it's not the final word. We found that there was a lot more inaccuracy than most people assume. For one thing, a lot of people don't know how to use them. You should fill your tank and then zero out the fuel economy meter so that over the course of that tank of gas, you can get a clearer picture of what your fuel economy is. We also checked at least 10 test cars, and we found that there was a great variety in terms of the accuracy of them. Most fell in the category of about 2 to 3% accuracy, but some were off as much as 10%. So basically our recommendation is that every couple of tanks, you should do it the old-fashioned way. In other words, fill it up and take a note of your mileage and do the calculation yourself. It's not that hard. And compare that to what kind of readings you're getting from your fuel economy meter so you'll know the degree of accuracy you're dealing with. Do you think this inaccuracy in the car's internal computer is something that's maybe intentional on the part of the car makers, or how do they explain it? It's impossible not to think that it is intentional. I worked on an article about this, and I called a number of the manufacturer, and they had some interesting reasons why they were so inaccurate. I mean, the one that I think was somewhat legitimate was that they said that they're designed for when the car is in perfect condition and all the conditions are perfect. That's where their calculation is made. So in other words, they assume that the fuel is exactly what's stated. It doesn't have a lot of ethanol in it. The fuel injectors are clean and the tires are inflated. And all of those things are not necessarily occurring in most cars that are, we'll say, even two to three years old. Phil, you just mentioned ethanol, so let's touch on that for a moment. How does the presence of ethanol in gasoline affect your fuel mileage? Well, there's E85, which is a blend of 85% gasoline and 15% ethanol. That's the highest level currently allowed. Ethanol is used as a gasoline additive, and it's mixed into the fuel. And it does reduce your fuel efficiency, but it does boost your octane. So it has a good effect, but of course people these days are trying to save money on gas. 
in one test vehicle. We drove to Las Vegas and back on a tank of gas and then a tank of E85, and we found that there was a 26% drop-off, which is fairly significant. So theoretically, you should be paying less for E85, but it's offset by the fact that you consume more when you drive. So a lot of consumers are probably, if they did the math and really figured it out, might be not that enthusiastic about it. Of course, the other good aspect of it is that it is homegrown fuel, which is a good thing. Our guest on InfoTrack is Phil Reed, Senior Consumer Advice Editor at Edmunds.com, and we're discussing some of the myths surrounding gasoline and gas mileage for your car. Let's move on to myth number two, and that is that cheap gas will wreck your car's engine. Yeah, we took a really close look at this, and it's interesting. People have some very deep-rooted feelings about off-brand gasoline stations. I've had a lot of people say, I went there and my car didn't run well, or I went there and my car broke down. I mean, lots of things. And yet what we're finding is, particularly in really highly regulated states such as California, they have a very specific idea of what's in the gasoline and the pumps and the tanks and everything are inspected continually. So our conclusion is it's not going to hurt your car. Now, there's a thing called top-tier gasoline where a group of oil companies got together and said there's not enough additives in the fuel to fully protect your engine. And a lot of people say that more additives are actually better. Now, what we're talking about is a very fine difference that may not show up for a long time, perhaps, you know, 100,000 miles. However, cars are being developed now with direct injection. Of course, everything is fuel injected. The injectors need to be clean. So the takeaway from it is if you're trying to save money and gas prices shoot up, it's okay to use the cheap gas. If you have a really uh, highly tuned engine and you have the money and it would make you feel better, go ahead and do it. All right, myth number three on your list, using lower-octane gas in a premium-recommended car will cause the engine to knock. Yeah, knocking is kind of a thing of the past, really, for a number of reasons. Fuel has improved enormously. They have anti-knock agents, but more importantly, car engines are more sophisticated than ever before, and essentially they almost analyze the fuel as it's burned to see how it's burning and then make car adjustments to prevent knock. So if your car has premium fuel recommended, then you could experiment by using lower grades of gasoline to see if there's a drop-off either in performance or fuel economy. And what you'll probably find is that there's no measurable drop-off in either of those things. However, it's very important to understand that some cars have premium fuel required, and in this case, you really have to use premium fuel because there could be damage in the long term to your car's engine. And could that affect your warranty if you're not following the recommendations of the manufacturer? Absolutely. The warranty could be voided as a result of that. However, it's important to say, could they prove that? There's a lot of factors that go into it, but technically speaking, it could void your warranty. Phil, let's talk for just a moment about some of the products out there that claim to improve your gas mileage. There are devices that you can attach to your car or additives that you can add to your fuel, right? That's correct. There's a lot of claims that are made. The sort of the typical claim of any sort of fuel-saving device or additive is 10% reduction in your fuel 
consumption, and we have found no magic bullet that produces such a great savings in fuel. And I think a lot of the reason that they get away with this is because people are not really very good at measuring their fuel consumption. You see things, I remember there's something which supposedly squirrels the air as it goes into the air intake. There's all kinds of things that are spark plugs. There's also additives, and some of the additives may actually damage your engine. Again, back to your point about voiding warranties, and they should be avoided. And it's interesting to note that gasoline has an enormous amount of energy in it. So what is it that you could add that would make it even more energy rich, short of nuclear power or something like that. So really the savings for people is in adapting the way that they use their car, both in the way that they drive it and looking for ways to combine errands and perhaps reduce their use of the car. These are far more important than looking for some sort of snake oil solution to the problem. Phil, just to kind of wrap things up, do you have any final recommendations for consumers who would like to save fuel in a tried-and-true way? Well, you know, one of the things is that a lot of people are they complain about high fuel prices, but they don't really do a very good job of researching cheaper fuel stations. First of all, buying the right level of octane gas will save you a dime per gallon. Shopping at a lower cost, maybe in a different section of the city. We also have Gas Buddy which does a good job of tracking fuel costs. Now, if you get a 10% savings on the octane and 10% on finding a cheaper station, you know, that's going to be 20 cents per gallon. And that's a real savings over, you know, a full tank of gas. So between your driving habits and buying cheaper fuel and using the right fuel, you could really make a dent in combating high gas prices. Good advice. Phil Reed, Senior Consumer Advice Editor at Edmunds.com. Thanks very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Nice to be with you. Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, childhood bullying can be brutal, but do the scars ever heal? A new study will surprise you. Coming up. Stick around. There's more InfoTrack straight ahead.